So if you've been following this podcast, you'll know that this is about bringing people from wherever the conversation is into the narrative, into the conversation of the oceans. So sometimes it's about climate issues. Sometimes it's about plastics, microplastics. Sometimes it's about amazing NGOs. Sometimes, uh, such as Plastic Odyssey. Sometimes it's about uh, challenges, foundations, uh, Monaco, the Institute, um, and how some people come together to go pick up uh, and clean the beach, uh, how the great explorers had their play in uh, maritime uh, um, developments of all kinds, how uh, Darwin was a part of what today is a reference, and on and on and on and on. And amongst them, we find different people who share through their exercise, their consciousness and uh, raising awareness in times. And they were to help groups and be part of the image of groups like Patagonia, Outer Known and others. And they come from surfing. And uh, Hobie Alter is a name that I can refer to. Uh, Led Hamilton, Sean Thompson, uh, Kelly Slater. Incredible names, recognizable by most. Um, if you've seen Big Wednesday, if you've seen Mavericks, if you've seen uh, Rising, uh, God, I can't believe I forgot the name. I think it was Rising, Rising Waves. I'll get it right in a second. But in the last week, um, Killing Giants, that's it. In the last week, um, one of these great names has passed. And I, it's not a name I was following but it's a name that suddenly I go and, whoa, suddenly there was a, a note by Sean Thompson, who I uh, have the highest esteem for as a person and his work and career and how he carries out his life. That's one of the biggies. Um, <clears throat> and I thought, okay, for all these people who have, since the Second World War mainly, been in the limelight, creating and developing solutions for the art of surf and helping the oceans and being a part of things, Let's go through who this person is. And, um, you know, if you're still listening to this Ventana surfboards, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure you can be uh, uh, keen on on, uh, on this one. Uh, and um, what I mean by keen is uh, it will resonate with you. As there's the art of the ocean and the art of surf. So here it goes. This came out of the New York Times, and it's about the passing of Greg Knoll. If you didn't know who Greg Knoll was, this recording should help you get more of an image and a picture. New York Times, and this came out, <clears throat> sorry, a bit of a salt throat, June 30th. Greg Knoll, surfing superstar who tackled the big waves, dies at 84. Known as the Bull, he caught waves in Hawaii, California, Australia, and Mexico. One expert said he could be the Babe Ruth of surfing. And this article was written by Richard Sandomir. <clears throat> Greg Knoll, a fearless surfer and superstar in his sport, who in the 1960s tackled stunningly big waves in Hawaii, died on Monday in Crescent City, California, about 20 miles south of Oregon. He was 84. His son Jed confirmed the death. Knoll, who was nicknamed the Bull and who also owned a surfboard-making business, had been surfing since the late 1940s, seeking something close to the perfect ride on the biggest waves in Southern California, Hawaii, Mexico, and Australia. He was difficult to miss on the beach or in the water. He had a bodybuilder's physique, wore black and white prison striped trunks so he would be noticed by filmmakers, and took a very wide, aggressive stance on his board, as if poised to pounce on prey. 
In look and style, he could be the Babe Ruth of surfing. Jim Kempton, president of the California Surf Museum, said by phone. In the fall of 1957, Noel and several other surfers tempted fate at Waimea Bay on the north shore of Oahu, where a teenager had died 14 years earlier. Local residents insisted to no end that to no end had that no one, sorry, had surfed since there. Noel did not lack for fear. He later described goals whizzing around the place. But at 20, he was adventurous, and he had been hoping to conquer the shark-friendly waters of Vimea, Beach for a while, for Vimea Bay for a while. So he paddled out and caught a wave believed to have been as much as 30 feet high. I took off on a wave, went down the side, popped out the other end, and went, I'm alive. Nothing happened, Noll said in the 2004 surfing documentary, Riding Giants. Noll on December 4th, 1969, a day when even Waimea seemed too perilous to attempt, he drove west to Makaha, where the pounding surf turned out to be at least as dangerous. He estimated his chance of survival at 50-50, but he said he wouldn't have forgiven himself if he hadn't tried. After attempting the storm-roiled waters with a few other surfers, he tried on his own. An eyewitness said in Riding Giants that Noel had paddled out against the backdrop of a huge, massive black wall of water. He stands up, and he's little, and this, he's little, he's this little speck of this gigantic wall, and he's saying, "Oh my God!" He looks like this tiny cartoon figure. He gets into his stance. Grrr, I'm going, and he drops down, drops down, drops down, and he gets to the bottom of the wave, and it's starting to come over the top of him. And he kind of steps off the rail. There was nowhere to go. That was it. Noel had wiped out at the bottom of a wave that he said was 10 feet higher than any he had ever surfed. I was under the wave, and all I could see was a tiny patch of sunlight, he told the Honolulu Star advertiser afterward. He had to swim a mile against swift currents to return to shore. Fred Hemmings, another big wave surfer who was there that day, told the newspaper, if it hadn't been anyone else in that situation, he would have died. At that point, Noll stopped his pursuit of riding the biggest wave ever, every winter. Jed Noll said in a phone interview, but he didn't stop surfing. Several days after, when Noll was back at the Waimea Bay, he saved a Navy seaman from drowning. If he hadn't brought him in, the guy would have drowned, a friend Henry Press told the Star Advertiser. He had a number of rescues over the years, his son said. Noll was born Greg Lawhead on February 11, 1937, in San Diego, and moved about 120 miles north to Manhattan Beach, California, when he's about three after his mother, Grace Zalabak, a homemaker, divorced his father, Robert. When she married Ash Noll, a chemical engineer, Greg took his stepfather's surname. Living near the Manhattan Beach Pier, Greg came in close contact with the ocean. As a youth, he began to fish, hand out live bait to fishermen, and watch surfers riding the waves. As a teenager, he learned to make surfboards in a local shop, then began to create his own, first in his parents' backyard and then in small facilities. And he was surfing. In my day, people thought we were from another planet or something because we surfed, he said in a podcast interview on the website The Temple of Surf in 2020 and that we were some kind of diseases that needed to be eradicated. 
1956, he was part of the United States lifeguard team that competed in a multinational surf lifesaving demonstration in Australia at the time of the Summer Olympics in Melbourne. The surfboards that the team used stunned the Australians with their maneuverability. Took him from the horse and buggy straight to the Porsche, Noll was quoted as saying in The History of Surfing by Matt Warshaw. It's a movie called The History of Surfing. It came out in 2010. In the era before professional surfing took hold, Noll was able to earn a living making boards. He opened a factory in Hermosa Beach in 1965 that was very successful while pursuing the biggest waves. He also appeared in surfing documentaries like Walk on the Wet Side, out in 1965, and Surfari, 1967, on which he was also a credited photographer. He was a surfing double for the actor James Mitchum for Ride the Wild Surf, came out in 1964, a feature film shot in Hawaii with a cast that also included Fabian and Shelley Fabaris. Noll loathed the movie's lack of realism, which he said had made him vomit. He disliked what the genre of frothy beach movies did to surfing, jamming California beaches with untrained surfers, and he closed his surfboard factory in 1973. He was a commercial fisherman in Crescent City for the next 15 years. But he returned to making surfboards in the late 1980s. Instead of churning them out in a factory, he crafted custom-made and limited edition boards. And in 2009, he began working with his son Jed at a startup company, Null Surfboards, in San Clemente, creating boards that celebrate major events in surfing history and renowned surfers. In addition to Jed, Mr. Noll is survived by his wife, Laura Arculeta Noll, a daughter, Ashlyn Walton, two other sons, Tate and Ryan, nine grandchildren, and a great-granddaughter. Noll was one of several, several notable surfers, including Led Hamilton and Jeff Clark, who told their stories in Riding Giants. Stacy Peralta, the film's director, said that the gregarious, candid, and funny Noll was one of his inspirations to make the film. He can actually quite exceptionally articulate the experience, Mr. Peralta told Documentary Magazine in 2004. He eroticized Waimea Beach. He talked about it as if it were a woman. And that's the article that recounts the passing and the life of Mr. Greg Knoll. I hope that this gave some light on who this person was and uh, to the generation that he has uh, been a part of and to which we owe a lot today. Thank you very much for listening. Until the next recording.